in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Dinah Ferguson, and I was raised up in this parish, and I am very glad to be back here. I um, have not been in this pulpit for a very long time, and so I am grateful that Reverend Rachel invited me to come while the pilgrims are on pilgrimage in, uh, in Israel to um, help with services, and I am very pleased to be able to um, be with you and, and to speak a word this morning. I wonder if this morning, if the pilgrims have arranged their trip so that on this Transfiguration Sunday, they are on Mount Transfiguration. I don't know what their schedule is, but it could be this very day in the church calendar that they are visiting that holy place and how lucky they are to be there. This is indeed a mountaintop experience that we hear in the gospel. It's a mountaintop experience not just for Jesus and the disciples that are there, but there are mountaintop experiences that echo in the other stories as well. Moses was on the mountaintop when he received the Ten Commandments, and there are echoes in that story in this one because his face was glowing as he came down the mountain. Elijah had a mountaintop experience too. He was, he was running for his life and he ran to the mountaintop and was very near death. And he listened for the Lord and heard the Lord speaking to him. It was a mountaintop experience. We've had some interesting mountaintop experiences right here in Southern California. We have an amazing, world-changing mountaintop experience here that happened on Mount Baldy and Mount Wilson about 100 years ago, not quite 100 years ago. Albert Mickelson was already a Nobel Prize-winning physicist when he decided that he wanted to discern with, determine with exact precision, the speed of light. And so he set up an experiment with others that would use mirrors and a precise measurement of the distance between where one mirror was on Mount Wilson and where the other mirror was on Mount Baldy. And one mirror would be fixed and the other mirror would be turning. And by knowing exactly the precise moment that the that the beam of light shot out and when it, in measuring exactly when it came back, he could, he figured, determine with very, very close precision the exact speed of light. What he figured out was 299,796 kilometers per second. He was off. by about 0.001%. The number that we currently use is 299,792 kilometers per second. 
I think that that story is a wonderful story for us on this mountaintop Sunday. Because I think it speaks to us as Episcopalians. We like precision. We like exactness. We like to know. You may be familiar with uh, Robin Williams' 10 top reasons for being an Episcopalian. Do you know that number seven is you don't have to leave your brains at the door? And even the National Church in the 1970s, there was the Episcopal Ad Project that had some posters that spoke to who we are as Episcopalians, and one of them said, he died, he died to take away your sins, not your mind. We are very proud of our intellectual heritage, of who we are and how we understand. And I think that that speaks to this lesson this morning. There is so much to examine here. How did Moses and Elijah get there? Who saw them? Was it just Peter's hallucination? Or was it a mass hallucination? Or did everybody see it? How did he know it was Moses and Elijah? Who spoke from the cloud? Did they really hear it? What did they hear? And how did Jesus' face get so bright? Was it a... Was it a, a um, uh, placement of the sun was was he standing there so because of the way the sun was shining right in his face it, he looked really bright and did he have a new robe on how do we how do we figure this out how do we know what happened on the mountain there are so many questions and we like to know and figure things out But if you listen to our lesson this morning, God speaks from the cloud and he said, this is my son, the beloved in whom I am well pleased. The same words he spoke a few weeks ago at Jesus' baptism. But God goes on in this gospel is to add, and you'll notice he doesn't add, so figure it out. What he says is, listen to him. Listening, taking in the story, hearing the story and what it meant to them and then what it means to us is a different way of understanding the gospel and actually of being transformed ourselves into the people of God. And so this Sunday, as we stand on this mountaintop, we are overlooking the season of Lent. Lent starts on Wednesday, so we're partying today. Got some, some really good-looking beads going on. We're partying today, but on Wednesday, we start that season of four, four, 40 days of Lent. And this year, I invite us all to listen to the stories that we will hear during this Lenten season. Listen and take them in.
Next Sunday, as always, the first Sunday in Lent, we will have the story of the temptation. We'll hear the story of the temptation as told in Matthew. And if you listen to the story, you'll hear that Jesus, in his conversation and, and back and forth with the devil, always relies on the word of God. Listen and remember that Jesus himself is for us the word of God. Then we'll go on and we will hear the great narrative stories from John. We will hear the story of Nicodemus who comes to Jesus at night. And we will hear that most famous Bible verse, John 3.16. I'll bet you can all say it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But that's not the last verse of this gospel lesson for us. We end with John 3.17. Listen. For he sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Listen. Listen to what you hear. We'll go on and hear the story of the Samaritan woman who indeed listens closely and intently to Jesus and they have a very deep theological conversation and then after listening to Jesus, she goes back into town and calls all of her friends and neighbors so that they too can come out and listen to Jesus. Listen to him. We'll hear the story of the man born blind whom Jesus touches and heals. And then when he is cast out of his community, Jesus seeks him out and finds him and reveals himself to the man born blind. Listen, listen to the stories. And finally, we will hear the story of Lazarus, who is raised from the dead, and Jesus' words to the people there are, unbind him. Lazarus is freed, as we are freed also. So I invite you in this Lenten season to listen. Listen to what you hear. And to remember what is written in our lesson from 2 Peter this morning. Our epistle lessons often come from Paul. But this one comes from Peter and he claims his eyewitness to the events we heard about in the gospel this morning. And he also says, You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Jesus, the morning star, will rise for us on Easter. And I pray that as we go through this Lenten season together and listen to the word of God, we may be looking for that lamp shining in a dark place so that 
as we come to Easter, we may have Jesus, our morning star, rise within our hearts and be thankful to the God who has made us, who loves us, who preserves us, who calls us to listen. Amen.